Jesus often calls what he's doing and his purpose and his mission a marriage throughout the Gospels. He describes himself as the groom, and he describes those he's been sent to save and love, which is the church, he calls the bride. I think, you know, as a priest, I see many, many weddings and many, many funerals. And so you see spouses come together and see spouses separate by death. And as odd as this might sound, I find it more beautiful to see the fruits of a marriage at a funeral than at the beginning, at the wedding. Even though there's all the excitement and the emotions and everybody's always in a really good mood for a wedding, there's something very deep and beautiful about a funeral. There's this existential ache that points towards something deep that existed. And the word I would use for that is fidelity. This fidelity. I stayed with this person all my life, and this is devastating. So often, as many of us in this church have seen, when one couple passes away, when they die, the other couple with no health issues whatsoever dies just a few months after. This is a very, very common phenomenon. The two have become one. And we know that no marriage is perfect, but just to stay with each other is an incredible feat throughout life. And it's one of the most beautiful things in life. Jesus, as the groom, obviously is always faithful to the end. And the way that we should always understand our faith is not as a philosophy. It's not a philosophy. Jesus is a savior more than he is a teacher, though he is both. We don't believe in a philosophy. We live in a relationship, and the relationship is called the New Covenant, which Jesus talked about in the gospel that we just heard. I'm giving you my body. It's, I am, as a spouse, completely hands over himself to the bride and stays with her. I am giving myself to you and I am faithful to you. And that is Jesus's, not his abstract pledge of fidelity. That's his specific pledge of fidelity to each and every one of us. And so we've heard some of the saints who have had mystical visions throughout the church's history say, Jesus had a vision in the Garden of Gethsemane of every single human being that he would save throughout human history. He saw all the sins. And this was Jesus' motivation. It was, he was seeing our faces. That's how he kept going. This was out of love and fidelity. And in the passion that we just heard played out, we don't necessarily see the bride super faithful in every instance, kind of personified by Peter. 
And the rest of the apostles, except for John, they all flee. They make their, Peter makes his vows. No, I, I'm not going to betray you. I'm with you to the end, even if I have to die. It's like a wedding vow. And uh, it doesn't take much to get, to get Peter away from his, his faith. But I want to leave us with this scene, which is just a very small detail. The beauty of the Gospels is the details are so rich, and we could just dig the rest of our lives just feasting spiritually on these details throughout the Word of God. The very end, after Jesus has just been buried, we get this line, but Mary Magdalene and the other Mary remain sitting there, facing the tomb. Infidelity to the end. Good times, bad times. They are there with Jesus. Lord, we ask you for the unwavering faithfulness of the two Marys. Help us to be with you in the ups and downs of life, not just when things are going bad for us, when things are going good. And help us, Lord, to not ever take for granted our relationship with you, the friendship that you've established with us, the new covenant relationship, and help us to live in the intimacy of the wedding feast that you have begun. We ask all these things through Christ our Lord. Amen. And let us take a few moments in silent prayer to just listen to and speak with the Lord and meditate upon the Passion.